Welcome to Everything Speaks If You Listen with Jen Cobbleworks, where we befriend our humanity and the sacred through story, soul questions, and everyday life. I'm your host, Jen Cobblewilhoit. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> I'm laughing already because this is the second time I'm recording this. <laughs> okay, and it's so it's so gorgeous and funny the way this mistake has happened and the way it's aligning with today's theme. I love it and I absolutely loathe it. Today's theme, the thing I was introducing us to... <laughs> was Mercury retrograde, okay? I don't know if you all are familiar with this term and this kind of, I'm going to call it a false season. And it's, um, that that isn't, no, I'm not going to call it a false season. I'm going to call it just like a um, invitational season or a collaborative season. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how this, how this description takes shape. Here's the deal. Okay. Mercury retrograde. So hard to say those two words, which is great because astrologically speaking, what that's what this term Mercury retrograde (laughs) means is like a mishap with communication and with um, expression. And it's funny that even saying the term makes your tongue nodded mercury retrograde like in just to say it requires some consciousness some conscientiousness the season that this refers to about like a two and a half two week period of time several times a year like just is also from the astrological perspective asking us to slow down think things through and realize we might have to do things again, try it again, revisit. You might be asking, okay, Jennifer, you are not an astrologer. You're not even an amateur astrologer. This is a podcast really focused on a lot of existential questions and seeking spiritually and what it means to be human. And now suddenly we're talking about astrology. Well, it's another language for how people seek and connect to their humanity and how they find meaning and purpose in the universe. And just like science and poetry and mathematics and um, tradition and all kinds of other things, it's this great invitational experience. I am not an astrologer. I am also not an astronomer, even though I'm always striving to be an amateur astronomer. But I'm interested this week in how this concept of Mercury retrograde and what it means both scientifically and poetically, like astronomically and astrologically, how this can give us a doorway, a pause, a rest stop into reflection, reconnoitering, redirecting, rethinking, reconsidering. So I'm laughing because I recorded this awesome podcast and I felt like my thoughts were on point 
and clear and invitational. And I was so excited to share it with you. And then I went to go put it up. And it sounded like I was in the Lincoln Tunnel on a rainy day. And it took me forever to realize that this was because I left a Bluetooth speaker on. And so my voice was being recorded, not through my regular recording device, but literally just through my house <laughs> to another, like, into another device. And and so the stereotype of Mercury retrograde being a, a season where our communication and our ability to connect with ourselves and with others and just have the email go through or, or say something and have somebody receive it the way we intended it or to make the hair appointment and, and triple check that the hair appointments at 1130 and then not show up at noon. Like these kinds of time space shenanigans of connecting and communicating are this and and having them all go awry and amiss are the stereotype of what mercury retrograde means when we're looking at it in a colloquial frame and a just very surface astrological frame i wanted to offer this because this is a podcast everything speaks if you listen that is rooted in the celebration and the belief that everything in the universe is speaking and is resonating and is offering invitational um, relationship and that the sacred is, you know, expressing some part of itself through the scent of a rose and not just one rose, but hundreds and thousands of varieties of roses. And there is iteration of after iteration of of expression and belonging and connection and there are seasons and rhythms and sacred is not just speaking through those but also speaking through us and our uniqueness and in reaching out to us and speaking through us we are experiencing our own individuality and this again relationship invitation like hey I see you you see me hello (laughs) like this kind of handshaking of of mirroring there is something of you being that you are seeing in the universe, the universe is acting as a mirror, and that is a sacred process. And there is something that complements you or challenges you or provokes your growth that is alive in the universe. That's a sacred relationship that there is everything alive and diverse and dynamic. And that says something about sacred presence, this constant invitation to be in relationship, this constant ability to change, to iterate, to diversify, to recreate, and to include and just create in general. That's kind of foundational to this, to this podcast. And I thought it was really cool because of my love of science and seasons and nature to ask what things are going on in our cosmos, like in what stuff's going on in outer space that could be an invitational prompt or a nudge for us to have a little journey within 
and to practice some inner listening, compassionate inner listening and some self-reflection and help us ah, take a deep breath and decide, you know, where have I been? Where am I now? And where am I going? And am I going in a direction that aligns with my original intention? Do I need to change direction? Uh, do I like where I'm going? Um, have I changed my mind and I, I want to go behave in a different way, do different things, express different things, right? So we've chatted about about the moon being a nudge, an invitation, a mirror to self-reflection. We talked about how, you know, the farmer's almanac outlines all these different ways that we can plant our gardens according to moon phases. And it talks about the way the moon moves water through soil and across the earth and even in our bodies and how that correlates to planting seeds. And so we can take that physical aspect of gardening and harvesting and pruning and composting and and let it be a metaphorical invitation into our own inner journey. And we've talked about this in terms of seasons on planet Earth, right? Like winter, spring, summer, and fall. I think we've talked about God of the Forge. And I think I've mentioned... Um, some of the transformational um, journeys that we've talked about in winter around Advent, around animals and their journeys of molting or brooding or hibernating, and how when seasons change, be it the solstice or a cross-quarter day or just, just the larger shared notion of what it means to go from summer to fall, right, that there all these seasons and ways that we are receiving metaphorical prompts and invitations from the outside world, from the rhythms and seasons of nature to ask us to go within and do a little reflection of our own, to enter into our own seasonality, our own rhythmic way of life, of looking back, looking within and looking ahead. And of course, we spent several weeks talking about the exact framework for how we look back and look within and look ahead, specifically the examine, because that's my, that's my big thing that I practice and that I love to share about. So I have been listening to various podcasts that I love listening to, and I'll share some of the um, links with those in the, in the show notes for you. But in my interest in astronomy and casual interest in astrology, I was reminded that we are entering a several week period, again, known as Mercury retrograde starting August 23rd, and this time it's ending September 15th. We've had one of these earlier, we're going to have one of them by the end of the year. And I thought this would be a great way to enter into another threshold of reflection and inner listening. This is another way of sacred reaching out and going, hey, if you haven't paused and thought about where you've been and where you're headed, maybe Mercury retrograde will be the thing to remind you that you can do that. And you're welcome to do that. And it's natural to do that. And very likely, you need to do that. Because progress, unfettered, is not realistic that ex that exists in our constructs as human beings it's not something 
that actually happens in nature. Nature reverts back and goes, falls asleep, wakes up, dies, gets reborn, right? There's all kinds of turning around and turning back and going forward in a figure eight type type way with nature. And that's a little bit of a, that's a very different rhythm than the straight line, singular path, forward progress at all costs that our day-to-day lives are often um, governed by or we're often encouraged to live by. So let's break down really quick what Mercury retrograde is in general, besides the series of mishaps and the need to re-record an entire, <laughs> entire podcast. Okay, Mercury retrograde is an astronomical and an astrological term that refers to the perception that human beings have on planet Earth that the planet Mercury starts to travel backwards on its orbital path. What this essentially means is that when we're on Earth and we look up and we see Mercury with our naked eye or with our binoculars or our telescopes, there are three to four times a year where we could be mapping Mercury's placement at night in the sky and it can always look like it's going forward and then suddenly a few times a year it looks like it's literally going backwards like it just hit the reverse gear and just it's going back where it came from all planets in our solar system have a retrograde effect it is a an optical illusion from where we are on planet earth basically all the planets including ours big spheres going around the sun. But from our position on Earth, when we are observing the planets on their own path going around the sun, there can be times of year where it looks to us as if they're going backwards. And that's simply because we're kind of catching up or overtaking them in the orbital path. It's more confusing in words than it is when you see the picture. But kind of like how you see a movie And no matter how awesome the movie is, like no matter how quality the film itself or digital framework can be for filming, you can, they'll do an up close of cars or a truck or something slowing down and pulling up to say, pick somebody up or deliver a package or whatever. And if you look, there are, there's, this trick of the eye where it looks like the wheels on these vehicles look like they're going forward, but also also looks like they're going backwards. And that has to do with the speed of the film or the digital process going on and then how it gets played on the screen and then how our vision picks it all up. So basically the same type of optical illusion is happening when we're on our planet and we're observing the skies and we see these planets. They just look like they're moving backwards. Sometimes they actually aren't. What is super cool is that I think, so we're just going to enter, I'm just going to welcome to my world, tell you why I think this is the most beautiful, one of the most beautiful invitations into reflection. Over the centuries, thousands of years, human beings across cultures have had astronomers who are looking at the mechanics of the universe. What is the universe made of? When is it being made? How is it being made? What does it mean for 
um, a star to collapse on itself into a black hole and then explode, spilling matter all over the place and then having that matter coalesce with gravity and create whole new star systems. What does it mean for there to be a shift in time as mass and gravity gets changed? As mass becomes nothing in the center of a black hole and gravity becomes gargantuan and almost infinite, what happens to time in those, in those cases? When we look at ourselves and we look at the rocks on our planet and we look at the comets out in the universe, what are the molecular building blocks of all this material? Do we, are we sharing all of the same molecular building blocks? Fun fact, we are. We're, all the stuff in the universe is shared elementally. It's super cool. You know that though. (laughs) So astronomers are looking also at the rhythms and the cycles of how stars and galaxies collide of how they expand and how they contract. We're looking at the rhythms of how they rotate, how they revolve. We're looking at how they interact. We're looking at how they break off and then form their own um, sets of comics or or um, asteroids. There's all this physical and kind of mathematical searching that goes on in astronomy. What are the materials? When did they come into play? What is their rhythm of birth and death cycles? How are they expanding and contracting? What are they made of? That kind of stuff. Astronomers across thousands of years and across human cultures were all noticing that planets, including Mercury, look like they were going backwards. And with their own curiosity and their desire to understand the universe and their place in it, they started to seek out the answer is, are these things really falling backwards? Are they really going in reverse? And over the course of study and curiosity and exploration, they found out, no, they're not really going backwards. This is just our misperception. It's our perception that is a misunderstanding of reality. And that is noted in astrology, that we have that our particular location in the universe grants us a particular vision and perception place, but it also grants us a, an opportunity, we'll call it that, to misunderstand and misapprehend. So in other words, astronomy operates like so many sciences and so many other practices out there of we want to observe and we want to be present and we want to be conscious and conscientious. We also don't want to believe everything we think or everything we see because we, our perception, our place, our context is not necessarily giving us the full picture. So we have to look beyond ourselves, look outside of our context. The fact that this invitation is so foundational in science, I find so beautiful because this is foundational in spiritual practice too, in mindfulness practice and in communal practice as we're trying to not only know what it means to be human as an individual, but to work together for a common good and for goals and to share our resources with each other and make sure that everyone has a seat at the table and that their needs are being met and they have a sense of freedom 
and a path that they are safe to pursue and explore. We, if we're going to figure questions like this out in an interpersonal and intrapersonal way, we have to recognize that we have contexts and placements in time, in history, and in our own embodiment and human experience that gives us a, a view that doesn't have the full picture. It has built-in prejudices or biases. It has built-in misperception simply because one entity, one being, one person, one planet cannot see everything from its place. And so we're always invited to try as best as we can, knowing that even this is not a perfect endeavor. It's just simply an exercise in relational connection. We want to try to think outside of ourselves, extend ourselves into other contexts, other possibilities, other perceptions. This is the work of empathy, right? Like when we pick up a book of fiction or poetry or, or nonfiction, we're reading about a reality or an imagined reality that is maybe like us, but very likely a lot not like us. That's such a mercury retrograde phrasing. That's such an awkward way. We, we encounter works of art, written words, paintings, music, and they both connect us to ourselves, but they also take us out of ourselves. They show us a vision, a reality, a truth, an experience that is not like one we are having. And they can create bridges for us to these other understandings. And we grow not only relationships to ourselves and to other people in this way, we grow empathy for others, compassion for others, because we can't ever live as someone else. But when we understand that our perception can be individually located, but there are other places of perception that are also seeing um, a totally different horizon or a different aspect, like our shared vision and horizon grows. And that's gorgeous. That's like beautiful. I'm not saying it's not complicated and hard and confusing at times, but that's beautiful. And that's essentially what's happening in astronomy when over the course of time, astronomers were looking to the skies and saying, look at all these planets coming into our sky at night and they're moving on this path, whoa, Nelly, now they're going backwards, what's up with that? And realizing there is no backward movement. It's a, it's a perception that is falsely representing reality simply because of our position on earth. That is That feels so open-hearted and open-minded and expansive to me. That just feels so beautiful to me. And it feels also without judgment of what it means to misperceive. It feels like it's a, an acknowledgement and, and an accountability that misperception and misunderstanding happens. And we need to be aware and conscious of that and not necessarily though demonize it and, and judge it as something terrible. It's something to be conscious of 
and to work into our our understanding of things and to when we can like I said see if we have an opportunity to step outside of that so that our horizon and our and our understanding can move beyond our own place of perception so you take that whole that whole practice and history of science right observing and realizing what they're observing isn't reality but it feels like reality and and naming that as a natural cycle in the greater universe and then you have astrology which is saying everything speaks if you listen from our standpoint too and what we're telling you is that the the planets the universe that you live in it provides a kind of cosmic weather in the same way that the clouds and the sun create cosmic weather for your day-to-day life. That there are themes, archetypal themes, and storied invitations, and energies and rhythms that speak through the planetary bodies in the same way that themes speak through our seasons or the phases of the moon. And we can get to know ourselves and each other and something of our perceptions and something of the universe when we engage in this practice of astrology. And I think that's very beautiful too because what we're essentially having in that tradition is this archetype of Mercury from Western mythology as being this representation, this flame bearer of communication and connection, the way that bridges get built, emails get sent, letters get delivered, words get cross the threshold of our mouths and enter the threshold of our ears and our heart and our brains. Mercury, as a figure in Western mythology, is holding that archetypal space, those archetypal invitations of communication and connection for us. And so when we say that the planet Mercury is in retrograde, what astrology is saying is that maybe there is an amplification or a raised awareness of how much we can misconstrue and miscommunicate and misunderstand one another. And rather than just living on the surface of saying, guess what, for the, for a few weeks every year, your communication is going to be terrible. That's kind of the shorthand colloquial joke of Mercury retrograde. Triple check your emails. The draft that you wrote angrily is going to be the one that you send and the really, <laughs> the well-written one that you thought through is going to be the one that you accidentally delete. Like that kind of wacky hijinks of of deep frustration and annoyance is the colloquial shorthand for this season. But my understanding from astrologers that I listen to who speak from a spiritual perspective offer this deeper invitation of this is an opportunity like what astronomers point out of us noticing that our perceptions and our understandings can be wrong, that we can misunderstand, misapply, misspeak, and just miss each other in all of our dynamic comings and goings because that's just how dynamic we are and the universe is. And they are suggesting that we can take this season 
of perceived backward momentum. And instead of judging it, and instead of feeling like it's a curse or it's some bad omen, we can take it as an invitation to say, what would it mean if for this time period, these few times every year that this phenomenon occurs, seemingly occurs, what if we got extra careful, not in a, not in a scaredy cat kind of way, but in a conscientious way? What if we raised our consciousness and our awareness and our accountability and opened ourselves up more to be willing to slow down and enter into these RE words, these retrograde words from a spiritual plane, like reflection, like reconsideration, like repair, like uh, rethinking, like remembering. And the invitation... I think when we take a season like Mercury retrograde and and use it as a time to do some intentional, compassionate inner listening and some listening to sacred invitation and do a and do a practice of intentional reflection, looking back, looking in and then looking ahead, taking that intentional pause to gather ourselves up. I think our act of remembering then becomes not just a recollection where we are recalling facts and what happened and where we've been and where the road has brought us thus far, but a recalling and a recollection where we are kind of gathering pieces of ourselves that maybe we have forgotten about or left by the wayside, habits that we've let slip, aspects of ourselves that we've kind of outsourced or just ignored, and we are starting to bring them back into the fold of our being. We're letting, we're letting sacred say, hey, there's some, some stuff you didn't, you didn't deal with in the past there that wants your attention. Let me bring it back into your consciousness, into your day-to-day awareness, so that it, it doesn't get just abandoned This recollection becomes a recollecting of what's important to us. And then the act of remembrance is not just something that has to do with memory. It has to do with being re-knit, of being put back together, of putting ourselves back into a sense of wholeness. It's like a, a couple of weeks of calling ourselves home, seeing all the ways we've dispersed ourselves across our days and our universe, things we've forgotten about, things we have not tended to, aspects of ourselves that we've been abandoning or ignoring or hiding from, ways we've been singularly focused and we need to expand our vision on people and relationships and tasks that we've kind of forgotten about. Mercury retrograde can be a a season a few times a year where we intentionally stop and kind of go on the porch of our lives and go like, ollie ollie and come free, like, come home, child, come home. All the parts come home, the tasks, the dreams, the fears, everything that has been left intentionally or unintentionally that was left too early. It wasn't their time to leave and it, it belongs with us still on our path and in ourself. We call it home. We call it back. And then we aren't just remembering it in our memory. We're weaving it back into our being. 
that is the work of inner listening and reflection. We don't look back so that we can live in the past because there's no traveling backwards, not in astronomy, not in astrology, and not in real life. We don't really travel back. That's a misperception. But we can look back. And in that pause of looking back, we can see what's been forgotten, what's been neglected, what's been abandoned, what's been um, ignored, what's been hurt, what's been lost, and pull it back in. We can have a chance to change direction, to change our mind, to reconsider and say, I've been on this path and I really don't want to be anymore. I want to be on this path or I've been going in a direction that doesn't align with my values and my lived experience and my wisdom and I need and want to change that and I need to make repair to myself and maybe to others because of that. What I think is so incredibly beautiful is that we have this tradition of science recognizing misperception and not moving towards any kind of judgment about it, just an awareness that our point of place only lets us see in part. And so therefore, let's try to be honest about that and then also look beyond ourselves. So, you know, how does Mercury look from Saturn? How does Mercury look from our moon? Its path looks completely different from all these different places, and it's worth investigating. So astronomy gives us this big horizon of looking beyond ourselves while recognizing that um, our perceptions are beautiful, but they don't tell the whole story. And then astrology comes in and does its own version of that too. Let's look beyond just our forward progress, our constant striving to improve or succeed or whatever the modern capitalistic notion is of the day. And let's not go back in time and relive the past, but let's collect what needs to be collected from the past that still belongs here, that we still need to be in relationship with. Let's look at the breadcrumbs to see what our path and journey has been so we can just honor that and recognize this is, we're here now and we didn't used to be. We, we have traveled, we have grown. And how can we consciously think about our misperceptions and our misunderstandings, not, again, not as something to be deeply ashamed of, but something to be accountable, accountable to and conscious of that can be invitational and helpful in our, our reconnection of self, our reconnection to self, and our reconnection to others. It's this three to four time a year faux occurrence, Mercury retrograde. Mercury does not go backwards three to four times a year, but we perceive that it does. And we can take that misperception and use it as an invitation to be in relationship with our own misperceptions and our own need to look back, look within, and look ahead. I can't think of something quite as beautiful as that because there's so much benevolence and hospitality and mercy and compassion in that. When we live a life where we always are having to move on this one straight and narrow orbital path, it's always just forward progress, just go, 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 go. We have this knife's edge 
that if we fall from could be really just catastrophic is what it feels like. And I think, at least for me, in my lived experience, I often feel that way. I have felt that way from religious instruction and from um, societal programming that like if you aren't achieving and being morally perfect all of the time, you're hosed, you're screwed, just give up, you're done, doomed, bad news, lost cause. But in nature, extending all the way to our larger universal cosmos of the planets and the asteroids and comets and suns and stars and black holes and dark matter and all of these wonderful things that are speaking with sacred voice just as much as the rose bush or the bird is or the song on the radio could be, there is an opportunity here to see again that in day-to-day natural, universal existence, the road is wide. It's full of U-turns and exit ramps and entrance ramps. It's full of intersections. It's full of a, a space to include the both and. It has room to pause and look over your shoulder and see where you've been and notice where you are, your current surroundings, internal and external, and your, and the direction you're heading in. There is time and space in our universe and in our lived planet that is showing us, reaching out to us, saying, speaking to us. There is more than a narrow knife's edge path of moral righteousness and success. There is repair, there's remembering, there's restoration, there's reconsidering, there's perception and misperception, there's reignition. That is such a relief to me personally. I need those times, those seasons. When the sun goes down daily, I kind of practice the exam and in different ways. I don't like, it's not like some big official ritualized thing every single day. But as the sun sets, the sun setting is a little nudge and a wink. Hey, Jen, the day is ending. Let's look back on the day before the next day comes. All I'm suggesting and I'm inviting you into is this theme of Mercury retrograde. Again, the season we're in now runs from August 23rd to September 15th. Here we have a an astronomical and astrological f- fake phenomenon that nonetheless is a beautiful metaphor, a beautiful reaching out into relationship with ourselves and with the world we live in. Can we take this these few weeks and use it as a season for looking back before we move towards progress again? Could we let the universe and its seasons and its rhythms and even its misperceptions hold doors open for us like this? It feels it feels very sweet. It feels luscious. It feels 
precious and hospitable and benevolent to me to have our exterior world remind us that it's more than okay. It's natural and and right and in good rhythm to pause and reconnoiter and reconnect and reflect and remember. Even when those invitations are founded on the reality that misunderstandings happen. What a gorgeous reframing of what it means to course correct and to reconsider. I just think it's beautiful. All right, here's hoping that podcast number two recorded correctly. (laughs) I'm going to be sharing on Instagram and in my newsletter soon some Mercury retrograde reflection prompts along with a discount on these step-by-step examine cards. So if you'd like to do a little bit of intentional reflection these next few weeks with me, alongside me, with these examine tools that I have and, and use them in this framework of a cosmic invitation from the planet Mercury, um, let's let's pick up this invitation together and, and use this shared season together for a little reflection. Um, there's going to be some offerings coming up with in the fall and winter for this too. I'm excited to share it with you. I hope that you always feel that the road rises to meet you, not because there is just one road, but because the road is intertwined, a lace work, a patchwork, a beautiful interconnected web such that if you miss that turn or aren't going exactly where you think you should be going or want to be going now, it is okay. There's a way to turn around, a way to pause, to take a breather, and to set your sights on a new horizon if you need to, or just catch your breath before you keep going. It's natural. The universe extends its hospitable grace and presence to you in this way, not as a predictive measure and not as a fortune telling kind of presence, but a, just a, an invitational presence to say everything is alive and reminding you in all kinds of different ways that you belong. You don't have to have it perfect. You're growing and your rest and your reconsideration is not only welcome, it's needed and you deserve it. All right, friends, until next week, my best to you. Thanks again for joining me on today's podcast of Everything Speaks If You Listen. I really appreciate your time, your energy, your engagement. And if you liked or loved this podcast, It would mean a lot if you could rate it for me, give it the old five-star review or the thumbs up or whatever your application asks you to do to say, I like it. And then if you could share it with a friend or family member that you think might vibe with it also, that would be great. I deeply appreciate the care towards the admin part of this kind of stuff in relationship as well as you just tuning in. If you'd like to know more about me and my work, there are links in the show notes. 
You can visit me at jencobbleworks.com. Hang out and talk to me on Instagram at cobbleworks or sign up for my newsletter where there are some stories and free comics and art and self-reflection worksheets given every month and lots of fun, deep email exchanges between me and you if you enjoy that. Thanks, friends. Take care.